Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I want to kind of just pick up from uh, where uh, I spoke last week and talk a little bit about uh, moving on from uh, what we did as a corporate body this week uh, to how and where we go from there. Uh, both individually uh, and corporately. And so I titled this, had nothing to do with Pastor Ed, but I titled this Moving On. And um, it, it really just came out of a, a frustration of not having a better title because of all the scriptures I want to read to us this morning. And the idea of what, looking at what we did, uh, what we accomplished. Two weeks from today, August the 6th, I believe it is, we're going to uh, dedicate the whole Sunday morning service to recap, and uh, we have our group that's on the mission field this week. Matter of fact, I want to stop and pray because yesterday we got word that about half the team came down with a stomach bug, and uh, I, I told those rascals to drink bottled water. You brush your teeth with bottled water, you drink bottled water, you don't even look at water that's not bottled, and, uh, but anyhow... Uh, I've been there, done that, experienced it, and it is not fun. One of our young men actually had to be taken to the hospital uh, yesterday. I think he was probably dehydrated. But uh, let's pray over the team that they finish these next couple of days strong and do uh, everything. They've had a great week. We've seen some great videos, had a lot of outreach opportunities. So let's just lift them up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for this uh, wonderful team of men and women young and old, Father, that are serving together in Bogota, Colombia. We thank you for all the doors that have been opened, all the schools, all the students that they've been able to speak to, the Father, the athletes, everybody that's just been involved in this. And I thank you for healing. I thank you for strength and grace. I thank you, Father, that uh, your word uh, enables us to overcome. And I'm thankful today for just a quick recovery of all of these that have uh, had to deal with this stomach bug. We just be killing and health over their bodies. They will be revived and strengthened so that they can f- finish these next couple of days of ministry strong together. We give you thanks and praise for a good report. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so Two weeks from today, we're going to uh, have the whole morning dedicated to uh, showing, uh, hearing some testimonies, showing some video, uh, a lot of what you guys did this week, that uh, some were involved in some things, had no idea what others were doing. Um, Friday, uh, they, there were a bunch that met up here. A lot of the kids put together little packages for the um, first responders all over Alachua County, uh, the fire department, ambulance drivers, uh, deputy sheriffs, uh, the police force. I don't know how many were involved, what all was involved. I know bacon was going on and goodies were being put in bags. And uh, it's a neat little bag that uh, Deborah Walters just gave me one. We'll show that to you in a couple of weeks with a, uh, one, of those, uh, one of those things called that you take a picture of and it pops open everything. What are they called? What are they? QR code. QR code. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, anyhow, uh, they had that on the front where you could go on and it pops into the different things of our service. Pretty cool. And uh, also a way to reach out for prayer 
uh, for those that um, have need. And so I, I'm just really thankful for everybody that was involved in all the different types. So I'll leave it along now because we're going to take some time in a couple of weeks to hear and see video uh, pictures and hear some testimonies as well as from Bogota. Also that morning, uh, we're going to be praying over all the teachers and students, homeschool families, everybody. Is, can you believe summer is almost over? And uh, one more week, and we'll be through with July, and uh, the teachers are back, uh, the, I think the last day of July, back at school, and uh, so a lot going on, and uh, we'll be praying over all of them as well. So let me get into the Word this morning, um, and I uh, want to just talk a little bit about this idea of what we've done this summer and how it leads us into the future you know, whether you're walking, running, standing, living, or giving, uh, we want to do those things by faith, uh, through faith, in faith, because of faith, and uh, to do and to share the love of God in our community that in this day and hour, as you know, desperately needs to experience the love of God. They don't, the world, America doesn't need more religion, but they do need more people that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that will touch them in a significant way. Touch them by your lives. You touch them by the things that we did this week, uh, the schools that we touched. And we, we actually, you know, even though we had the rock school here, uh, we had uh, three teams work at a private Christian school across town this week. Uh, I was just amazed. Some of our guys were there until 8.30 last night working in this uh, private school, Gainesville Christian. Gainesville, somebody help me out. There we go. What is it? You don't know either, do you, Ron? Thank you, Miss Erica, head of the Rock School. Gainesville Christian Community School. And uh, we did outside work, inside work, and uh, the guys were just amazing. But they were showing the love of God, uh, providing for and helping uh, this school. And uh, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to do that, as well as, uh, you know, touching some of the public schools that we did as well. So why do we do what we do as believers? Why do we um, spend the time, energy, money? All that we do uh, for Reach Week. Why do uh, we go on missions trips? Why do we have a team in Bogota? Why do we go to Cuba? Why do we go to China? Why do we go to Peru and Honduras and these places in the world? What is the responsibility that we have as believers? Why do we feed the hungry besides the fact that Jesus told us to? Amen? Amen. Feed the hungry. Give water to those who are thirsty. Uh, touch those who uh, have no clothing, provide clothing, reach those that are in prison, and uh, touching our neighbors in a significant way. Why, why do we preach? Why do we talk so much about divine appointments? Why is it necessary that we as believers bring ourselves into a position and a place where we focus and concentrate and give energy uh, to making ourselves available to those that have no relationship or knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are not living in the same America that most of the people my age grew up in. Because when I grew up, everybody went to church. I mean, my neighborhood, 
If you were a thief, you could, you could just rake up any neighborhood you want because everybody went to church when I was a kid. Whether it was Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, whatever, man, you just sit out, you stay home on a Sunday morning sick and sit out in your front yard and you just watch as family after family loads up and they go. Not today, today more people than you realize have never ever stepped foot in a church in America. We're called to go reach them. If we're just waiting for them to show up, guess what? You're going to be waiting throughout eternity. Because until they experience someone or they go through something that causes them to go, I need some help. This last week, I have been ministering to someone who has a family member that was arrested and has gone to jail for some pretty serious um, um, charges. I don't know if they're innocent or guilty. We're not called to touch people's lives based on are they innocent or guilty. We're commanded to reach out and touch and love and be an expression of God's goodness and faithfulness and glory on the face of the earth. And, and uh, yesterday I was reading a text from uh, this person and he was telling me what his family member was going through and, and man, it, it sounded horrific. I've never been to jail. I have no desire to go to jail. Try, try to do everything so I won't ever go to jail. Whenever I go overseas on the mission field, I always pray and say, Lord, you know how much I love you. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything, you know. But if you could keep me out of this jail down here in Cuba, I'd greatly appreciate it. And yet, you know, I shared with you all last week, I started reading this book, and so many people asked me, and I couldn't remember the name, so I brought it with me, all right? So leave me alone after church. This is the name of the book. It's titled Last Words of the Martyrs. It's by Jeff King, and uh, I think you can find it on Amazon. Not certain. I ordered it directly from uh, International Christian Concepts uh, which, or Concern, which is the ministry that has to do with the persecuted church. And Jeff King has been uh, the president over that organization for 20-plus years. In every chapter, there's about 20-something chapters. Uh, and then in the middle of the book... There's a picture that represents each chapter that shares the story of these folks that the vast majority, almost every chapter has to do with someone who was martyred for their faith. And last night, uh, right before I went to sleep, uh, I finished the book I was reading and I set it down and I thought, well, I'll just read one more chapter out of this book. This is not the kind of book you want to read right before you go to sleep <laughs> at night. It, it was 11th chapter, and it was, it was a horrific story um, of a mother uh, and her two daughters. And, um, and, of course, once I started reading, I couldn't just lay it down or stop till I finished it. And then as soon as I finished reading, I was just grieved for the pain um, that this family went through and the reality that... Um, the beauty of what we have in this country, the, the joy, the peace, uh, the protection, the covering, the safety that we have as believers, uh, no one in America that I know of 
um, has died for their faith as a martyr, uh, their life taken from them uh, because they would not reject Jesus Christ. And, and the, the significance um, of what we deal with in America is that we have to interrupt people in their jo enjoying the, the fruit of their labor and life and vacations and uh, abundance of everything that we have as a nation. We have to interrupt them to try to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whereas in most third world countries today, especially where they are predominantly Muslim, um, the, the price that people that believe, just like you and I believe, there are no greater Christians than we are. There are no lesser Christians than we are. They love the same Jesus that we love. They serve and honor the same God that we serve. They trust the same Holy Spirit. But the consequences of living in the countries that so many of them live in, there's a price that you and I do not have to pay. And listen, to be honest, hear me. Just talk as a daddy right now here for a minute. I don't, I don't desire that. I don't desire to, to, you know, every time I come to church, the idea that myself or my children or my family or my spiritual family or my grandkids could be arrested simply because we love Jesus. I, I mean, I don't desire that. There's nothing inside me that goes, man, I, I wish I could be a martyr. <laughs> no, you don't. And I love the beauty of, of the honesty that Jeff shares in, these, in this book um, as, he, as he tells these people's stories. And not one of them, you know, had this exuberant, excited idea that I get to be a martyr for Christ. Many of them deal with incredible, incredible um, attacks of their mind, their emotions, their um, mentality. Their, many of them confess of their fear, of their anxiety, of their anxiousness, of, uh, of the reality that they don't know what's going to happen and they don't know how severe the attacks are going to be on their life. We're to pray for them. One of the reasons I talk about this as much as I do um, throughout the years and, and, and oftentimes after I come home from missions trips is because we are called, we are commanded, we're commissioned to pray for those who are hurting and struggling, those who are living in countries that are facing things that you and I don't have to face. So we have a responsibility, we have, we have a, a calling, as it were, to give our lives, to give ourselves, to, to care enough about others that we're willing to set time aside. This week, um, I, ha I was on a Zoom call for an hour and a half with uh, five pastors, and we were just spending time uh, encouraging one another on the subject of prayer. We, we spent an hour and a half talking specifically about prayer and the calling of prayer, the, the different types of prayer there is, why we pray, why, why the Lord called us to pray, why Jesus said to uh, Peter and the disciples, look, pray so that you don't enter into temptation. And we know what happened, right? They fell asleep, and then they entered into temptation, and they gave in to that temptation to the point where Jesus had to go to the cross alone, save five women and one disciple. 
because they literally did what many of us would probably do, tuck tail and run. Peter, who had just got through declaring to the Christ, the rest of them might forsake you, but not me, man. He whips out his sword. I will die for you. And Peter hears the Lord say, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to have already forsaken me. Not I, Lord. Could you imagine the condemnation, the guilt, the shame that Peter felt when that, when that rooster crowed the third time and he looks up and Jesus is sitting across the, the, the courtyard beaten and blood running down his face and a crown of thorns pressed into his brow and he looks over at Peter. Could you imagine what Peter felt when he looked into the eyes of Jesus? And he turned and he fled. That's why when Jesus came out of the grave, you remember one of the things he said to uh, Mary and them was, go tell my disciples and Peter. <laughs> Make sure you find Peter. Because what Peter did literally was no worse than what Judas did. Judas tried to take care of his own sin, so he went out and hung himself. Peter, wherever he was, he was dealing with the shame of his own heart. So we're called to pray for those who are hurting. We're, we're called to pray for the lost. We're called to preach the word without compromise. We're called to pray for the persecuted. And so um, as we wrap up uh, this reach week for summer of 2023, we look at you know, where, where do we go as individuals? Where do we go as a family? Where do we go as a corporate body? How do we continue to have an influence um, in our community? How do we touch lives? How do, how do we, you know, give to the hurting? You know, if I, if I were to ask you to be honest and say how you feel in the natural every time you pull up to a street light and there's somebody there with a sign saying they'll work for food, and your first thought is, no, you won't. <laughs> I mean, most believers have such a negative, judgmental spirit over those who are hurting. I was at the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I think, honey, were you with me? We, we walked in, this, that family was outside across the street. Oh, yeah, you were. We, we, we pulled into the parking garage, and as we walked down and we were heading across the street at Shands, we saw this family, and they were just crying. They were, they were devastated. I mean, you know, you knew something had happened. And uh, at first, there was five or six of them, and then by the time we went, visited who we did and came back out of the hospital, there were 20-something people standing out front of this um, stairwell at the parking garage and and some of them were in a circle and and some of them had been praying there were tears and so while we we're standing inside the the hospital waiting for the lady to check us in um because we were going to the children's floor um 
she said, well, you got to have this, you know, we had to give the driver's license, had to do everything. And then the computer went down. And so we're 15 minutes standing there trying to just get checked in to go visit. And as we're standing there, a little lady had come out, and I guess she was like a host at the hospital. She was just greeting people as they walked in. And this gentleman walked in, and as he walked by her, she just very, you know, jovial with a smile. Hey, uh, welcome, glad you're uh, here. And and he just looked at her and she said, I hope you're having a great day. And he goes, well, I'm not. I just lost my son. Boy, that's when you kind of wish you would have had a little more discernment. You know, because everybody's walking in the hospital is not doing great. And they're not having a great day. But this man stopped. He wasn't mean. He, wasn't ju he, he just was like the pain in his heart as he said those words. And Suzanne and I just looked at each other and and. And the grief that you feel for someone, I didn't know how old his child was, you know, was it a baby, an infant, a little boy? I, I don't know, was it an accident that happened? Did he die of a disease or sickness? You don't know, but you instantly know that pain. Right. And, and sometimes there's nothing you can do. You pray. Don't ever say there's nothing I can do but pray because that, that's a pretty bad statement there. Everything is about prayer first. So you can pray for somebody that you don't even know. You don't know their name. You don't know their whole situation. But you can speak and declare the word of the Lord over them. So I want to get into some scriptures here. And I, I want to share uh, quite a few just based on what I believe Holy Spirit is saying to us. How we go about um, wrapping up. A great week of serving without the mentality, well, did my job for the year. We're done. We'll be back here. Jamie, make sure you get it done next year, man. I'm going to be ready to sign up. No, no. We don't want to wait till next year to be a believer when we're called to let it be the fruit of our life every single day. That's why when, whenever I talk about divine appointments, man, I believe that every single day of your life, if you're willing to be open to the Holy Spirit and you leave your house, now you might not have a divine appointment if you're in your home, locked in your house, by yourself, all day, every day, you're probably not going to have a divine appointment. But you leave your house, you go to the grocery store, the gas station, you go to work, you go to a restaurant, uh, you just drive, you're, you'll have an opportunity to touch a life. Because there are so many hurting people in our community. Ephesians chapter 5, two verses here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore be what? Imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved and gave himself for us. A fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Paul's writing, really the whole book of Ephesians is just so powerful. Paul's exhortation in so many different areas um, to the church at Ephesus. But his calling for the believers to be uh, an imitator of Christ Jesus, it really needs to be a, a process of thinking every day. What do I need to do to line up my life to look and be and sound and act like Jesus Christ. You remember the old uh, wristbands? WWJD? What would you? Yeah. WWJD? They were good for a season, but you shouldn't have to have that 
on your wrist every day. Well, if you do, get one, find one, I'm sure, create one, rebuild one. But the reality is we, we need to have that attitude. What would Jesus do in this situation? How can I touch someone's life? First John chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. First John 4. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. I'm reading a novel right now titled, When Jesus Wept. And obviously, it's about the story of Lazarus. And uh, it's a novel, so it's a you know, Christian-based uh, book uh, based on a couple's uh, desire to write about this story and the significance of the smallest verse in all the Bible, two words, Jesus wept, and the significance of, of what is really behind all of what uh, Jesus did to bring him to that place at the foot of the tomb of his friend Lazarus, who had been dead for four day, days, Jesus Knew, uh, you know, Mary and Martha are like, Lord, seriously, you can't open that tomb. He's been dead. It's the, you know, middle of the summer, the heat. It's the, his body's going to smell. And Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but yet he was so moved with the pain of his friends that he stood in front of that tomb before he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And he wept with the emotion of pain, of understanding what some folks go through. There are a lot of hurting people in our world. And as believers on a daily basis, we need to be asking the Lord, what is my part today? Who can I touch today? How can I impact someone's life today? Because there will come a time when I'm probably going to need somebody to be there for me. Amen? More than seven of you agree with that? Going to come a time when you're going to need that comfort of a friend, that person to wrap their arms around you and hold you and embrace you and, and care for you, sometimes without using a lot of words. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, Paul says to the church at Corinth, let all that you do be done in love. Now, a few weeks back, a couple of months ago, I preached for a, a while on the, the topic of God and, and love and, and our responsibility as believers. Um, but just to be reminded in this, the reason we did what we did, you know, if we did all this stuff this week in Reach Week and yet didn't do it with a heart of love, the word says, Paul said to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 13, he says, you're, you're just nothing but a bunch of, uh, of noise if what you're doing is not saturated with love. Whether you were working at a school, raking a yard, fixing a widow's you know, roof or uh, 
a, a plumbing issue or whether you were providing a fireman with a little bag of goodies and cookies and smiles, the, the bottom line is that whatever we do, we want to do it with that heart of love in such a way that they will know that you're a believer, not because you tell them that you are, but because they sense and feel the presence of God. Love is a powerful, powerful thing. Romans chapter 12, I want to hang out here for a couple of minutes. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Listen to this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Suzanne and I, the other night, um, decided to watch uh, the movie about um, the Cuban Revolution uh, in 1950. It ended in 59, 50, I thought it started in 53, 1953. To... Anyhow, in the middle of the story, they based the story around one family and how one of the sons believed in one thing about where the Cuban government was going and where the other sons and the father, who was a professor at a uni the university in Cuba, um, their version of it. And halfway through, uh, I was done. <laughs> I got up and left my wife, <laughs> closed the door. It's like, wow, I just can't, I just can't handle this. The, the, and I have to be careful, obviously, what we ever say here that's being recorded because we go to Cuba. But you look at our man, Oscar, and all of you know Oscar's story. I could bring him up here and make him cry again, tell it, tell it one more time. And, and, uh, but you know, Oscar, as an eight-year-old boy, uh, was taken to the airport by his parents, put on a plane during the Peter Pan project, and uh, shipped to America where he knew he had an older sister. Uh, but he's an eight-year-old boy in Cuban shorts and a little outfit and uh, flown from uh, the hot climate of Cuba into Miami and then reloaded on a plane and shipped to Chicago uh, in the winter. Um, in his little, how do you explain to an eight-year-old who the coldest he's ever experienced is like 70 degrees? How do you tell him what cold's going to be like when he lands in Chicago? I mean, I just think you have to be crazy to live up there. I don't. <laughs> but 
But the process of what Oscar went through, I, I never tell the story or think about it that it doesn't cause deep thought process in my life. Could I? I can't imagine life without Oscar. But neither can I imagine that I could ever take my eight-year-old to the airport and put him on a plane and give him a hug and kiss and say, we're doing this because we want you to have a better life. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine that. I can't comprehend putting my son in that place. And yet, we can't imagine what life would be like. I know Vicki and Kelsey, well, especially Kelsey, because she wouldn't even be born if it weren't for Oscar making it here. So, but, but Vicki and Oscar and their lives and the impartation they have in our church family um, and to experience that kind of love that, that Oscar's mom and dad had, you know, and wherever they were in their Catholic relationship with God, they knew that because things were so bad in that country, they knew that it had to be better if they shipped him to America. That's I don't even know where you go from there with that. That that's but 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 then Paul says that when we're persecuted, we're to bless those and not curse them. Paul experienced that. All the disciples experienced that. Bless and do not curse. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So as we move on into this next season, as we wrap up this summer and we wrap up Reach Week, I, I want to encourage you and, and challenge you, you know, one, to, to, to press into all the things that God is calling us to do, not, not be so comfortable with our American religious mindset that, that we just wait for the next event to take place before we step up and and be used by God when God might want to use you this afternoon. Reach week's over, but God still wants to use you this afternoon to touch someone's life. Some of us will be leaving this afternoon, going to the hospital here because of uh, a word that we got this morning about one of our precious um, elderly women of God, woman of God. And, and so uh, there will be opportunities not only to go and minister to one person in one room, but just to be available as you walk through the parking lot, into a hospital, into an elevator, to be sensitive to the fact that they're hurting people. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to your place of employment, I want to encourage us. I want to challenge us. I want to, I want to remind us. I want to stir us to, that everything we do, we do as unto the Lord, and we do that which is pleasing to God so that someone might want to follow you back to the house of God next Sunday or ask you why 
Why do you have that smile on your face? What, what do you know that I don't know? Why do, why do you have a, a peace that I don't experience? That we are available and ready to touch the lives of those who are hurting. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I want to encourage us as we wrap up this week of service that we prepare our minds and our hearts to be ready to touch lives in a community that desperately needs Jesus Christ. Amen? Would you bow your head? Father, I thank you for the joy that everyone experienced this week as we served this community, as we provided care for some of the widows as we've provided snacks and goodies and a smile and a note to the first responders in our community, to the schools that we touched and impacted by just serving and saying we're here to help because we can. Father, I pray over us as a body that we will be about your business, your business of loving, your business of touching, your business of inspiring, that you will use us in significant ways because we are a significant people called for such a time as this raised up for such a time as this challenged to touch lives to help those who are hurting those who are lost I pray for all the youth of our house, the children that participated this last week and served. I'm thankful for their hearts. I thank you that what I saw in their countenance and the joy and the fun that they were having with their friends, touching, serving, carrying bags, packing bags of groceries, standing in the hot sun, waving, smiling, speaking words of encouragement. I'm thankful that our youth are called for such a time as this. I pray for our young people that are going this week up to the Motion Conference in Alabama. I pray, Father, that they will have a significant spiritual impact as they worship with thousands of other junior high and high school kids across this country that are gathering. I pray that they will have an impact in their own personal lives, that they'll come home, Father, committed 
inspired to live their lives without shame for the one who gave their life for them. I pray for the youth of our house. I pray for the children of our house. I thank you for the impact on their lives through the leadership, through friends and family and relationships that would forever, eternally impact their lives. I pray for all the youth that are preparing to direct our family night service the first Wednesday of August as they are preparing to lead us in worship and they're working all summer on their uh, songs and their instruments and their dance and all the things that they've been preparing so that even as the word declares that our children can lead us. Thank you for the joy that we've had to serve. And I pray that it will have an impact on lives for days, weeks, months, and years to come. And I'm thankful for everyone in this house that gave financially, that gave it their time, their effort, their energy. They worked, they sweated. They did something as an expression of your love for our community. Want to ask the prayer team to stand and come to the front, please. Just a moment, we're going to stand and give you an opportunity if you need prayer today, if you need encouragement, you need help, you need strength, you're going through something in your life, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, God is here to meet us, to touch us, to help us, to encourage us. So that we can walk out of this place, the healed of the Lord, the whole of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, that we can go into our community, our mission field, and in word and deed show the love of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to Father God for the privilege of sharing what he did for us to others who need it. So Father, I give you thanks today for the work and the word that you're doing in us, through us, by us, and that you really do want to touch our community this next school season through the people of this house and the believers in every church family in this community in Gainesville, Father. I pray that every church that preaches the word without compromise, that you will bless them with lost coming in and being saved, those that are hurting being brought into the house, lives being met, touched, 
in a significant way. With every head bowed, believers, would you just pray for a moment? If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, before we open up the altars and just pray for all the other needs in this place, if you're watching online this morning or you're sitting in this congregation, you do not yet have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know God loves you so much. And he's not here to condemn you. He's here to save you. And if you need to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life, it's a simple act of obedience where you surrender your life to the one who gave his life for you to be saved. If you're watching online, you can pray with us in a moment. You can call the office, you can send a text in or an email. But if you're sitting in this room this morning, I would love the opportunity to lead you in prayer where you invite Jesus to become Lord of your life. If that's you, right where you sit, believers are praying for you. We've all made this decision. We've all lifted our hand. We've all walked to an altar. But today, you want to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Would you just lift up your hand and hold it? Let me recognize it. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. You want to ask Jesus today to be Lord of your life. Just lift up your hand. Let me lead you in a prayer. Join this other precious man. Respond today. Acknowledge Jesus. And he will acknowledge you. He, Jesus die so that you could live. Yes, sir. God bless. Anyone else this morning before I pray? Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. Greatest day in the history of your life when your eternity is changed and you go from a path away from God to the place of in God. Because what Jesus did for you, you have the right and the privilege to receive his love. Anyone else want to join these two men this morning? Don't want to leave you out. All right. Join with me and pray this prayer out loud. Everybody pray it together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you first loved me. Father, today, I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my need of you. And Jesus, I invite you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I confess my sin, and I acknowledge today that I need you, Jesus, to be my Savior. I cannot save myself. So today, I ask you, I invite you into my heart into my life. I surrender my all. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Deliver me. Today, Father, I choose you because of your son, Jesus. And I receive by faith my salvation. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. We thank you, Father, for two souls. We thank you for salvation. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.